Hey, everybody, and welcome back to a very special episode of the Pioneer Podcast. Possibly the last episode of this name. Some scary whatever. Anyway, can. yeah, I know. Whatever. Last episode we'll, of this name. Yeah, yeah, possibly. We'll see. Uh, but happy anniversary, Ross. Happy anniversary, Tannen. Uh, I was supposed to get you something as a joke, and I kind of forgot. Uh, the first anniversary is usually paper. Yeah, paper is the traditional for right. first anniversary. So I got you this envelope. Oh, that you're so definitely nice. Definitely wasn't sitting on my desk. Yeah, uh, I didn't get you anything. I'll tell you what I got my wife for our first wedding anniversary. I got her um, a notebook because she likes to. She takes all the hand notes for like work because I feel like it was like a. It's okay. Notebook is wrong. It was like one of the smaller like date book type things. You know, where you you know what I mean? It's like one of those. Yeah. And so she could like you know put her day together. Like a she day stuff. Yeah, like, kind of like a day planner, but like a little bit smaller. Anyway, but the paper said uh, like all the paper has the same as the cover. You know, like a watermarked onto the the page or whatever. And it says, "You're an awesome wife. Keep that shit up." <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got it. I was like, because like, you know, you like I Googled what the first year was because obviously I didn't know it was paper. And then like I Googled like, how can you first not know year. that, Tannen? That's just basic knowledge that everyone has. I know, has. right? And then I, I Googled like gifts and all of them were like absurdly expensive and stuff. And she was like, do not spend a lot of money on my, on our wedding anniversary gift. Because like, you know, I thought about getting um like some people, they have some cute ones where like they have a, they like you print out the map. Of where you in like it has like on the map where you met and stuff like there's yeah. some cool ideas but like we're not really that's not our thing so no that, that that's not, so what was that like a, a template that you were just able to buy it like that or did you have that custom done for the water uh, it was it was just already out like that and as soon as i saw it i could not stop laughing like i legit laughed out loud i was like i, I add to cart i kept looking just in case something else but i was like add to cart no matter what that's that's coming home because it's like you know ten dollars or something for this like little yeah. i was like yeah best ten dollars i've ever easy. spent or whatever yeah easy easy like like just what is it uh s- snap call whatever you know any of the nice little phrases for magic or poker or whatever just easiest call of my life just yeah so so i i i i wasn't sure how to to broach the subject with you though it has been a few days oh no, oh, no. like uh, almost a week at this point I know where this is going. Oh no! Because we're recording late, but mm-hmm. buddy, you're up. Th- you're up three one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. If you know me at all well right now, you know that I'm used to losing in these spots, right? Yeah, it's the Braves. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, if you wanted listening, if you listened to the last one, you know the Braves are up three to one on the Dodgers, and the Dodgers won three straight games to go to the World Series instead of us. It sucked. I- I'm not going to mince words here. Right. It fucking sucked. Yeah. Um. I had the worst hangover I've had in a while. The next day, I did not consume an ounce of alcohol. That's the, just weird. The last On inning. Both fronts. <laughs> so we we had we had a, a lead multiple times in the game, and then they like scored the last couple runs. The last inning, um, I could not actually watch. I could not physically make myself watch. So I put headphones in and put the radio call on and just listened to it because at that point I'm just like, look, I'm a, I'm a pretty optimistic person, but I've kind of resigned to my fate at that point because I'm just like, this is it, you know, like. The, you know, this is this is how it ends. Like this is how the season ends. It sucks for everyone out there too. Like there's some people on Twitter and stuff, especially when the Dodgers went down three one. Some Dodger people are like, "We didn't want to win this one anyway. We didn't want the asterisk next to our World Championship." I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like obviously, if you win, you're gonna be like, yeah. "Yeah, we're the World Champions." Like here's the thing, this one like counts just as much in my mind because of all the shit they had to go through this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't think any. I've had it brought up where, like, that's the question, and this happens for every sport. Like, is there an asterisk on this championship? And I have seen almost universally across the sports that, you know, this one for it matters just as much, if not more. 
I actually yeah, I think it was uh, Kevin Durant on a podcast was like this one actually for the NBA matters more because of the unique conditions of the bubble and the restart all of that was difficult to deal with and you know uh you know so so that really does make a significant difference and you know yeah so you know yeah fans always just do that they try to like you know minimize the incoming you know uh, pain that's going to happen because they think they're going to lose, and then you know yeah. when it happens, like, I, I I went through this, you know. Yeah, it's a typical human response, right? Like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, know, you try to you try to minute you minimize it after the fact so that you can make the the pain feel you know not as big. One more doom and gloom thing before I get into like the small bit of positive. It it sucked extra this year. Look, you know, like I said, I'm used to this losing, right? And this one hurt more than I think almost anyone that I can remember. Because, like, the ones that would have hurt this bad were in, like, the 90s, right? The last time we, like, played for the... Yeah, but you were, like, 18 then. Yeah, I was, like, a child, right? You know, like, (laughs) I was not 18. It was close or whatever. (laughs) Like, the last time we made the World Series, I was, like, 15 or whatever. But that was 99. We got killed by the Yankees. I'll never forget. But, uh, I mean, like, everybody did. But, anyway, um, this one felt different. You know what I mean? Even with all the injuries this year, like we lost one of our players during the series, which really hurt us because it exposed like the one of the weaknesses on our team. You know, we had to play somebody that like they're kind of over the hill and they were just overmatched most of the series. You could tell. Is that Nick Markakis? Yeah, Nick Markakis. He just he, dude, he can't hit a fastball anymore. If if like someone throws it at, like yeah, if someone throws it over like ninety two, he just his bat just could not catch up or whatever. Like you could just tell he was overmatched. I will say this: the, the couple times someone threw something other than like a ninety nine mile an hour fastball, which the Dodgers have a lot of those. He hit it. He did pretty well, but like you know, what I mean, our defense got exposed a little bit in a spot or two. We had some. We had a comical base running error that like you just cannot make that error. Period. Especially not in that spot, which we don't know what happens if that. You know, what I mean, we don't know how the game progresses, etc. But I'll say this: besides one, like we have, a, you know, we have pending free agents, just like any team ever. You're never keeping the whole team together. We have one really big pending free agent. That's fine, right? He's either. We can either re-sign him or try to replace him. We did the same thing last year. We had we the best hitter that was on the free agent market was the guy that left our team, you know, and we replaced him. And it, arguably, a guy that was even better this year on one year deal. We'll we'll see what happens. You know, that's whatever. The core of the team, like the most important part, is extremely young, extremely talented, and really fucking hungry, Ross. And that's why it hurt so bad this year is because like it felt different. I when we were up three one. I actually started to entertain the thought of like, we're going to make the World Series and we're going to fucking win it. Because like, the hurdles has been and always will be for this this little portion of, of, of baseball, the Dodgers. They're the best team. Yeah, they haven't won anything. That doesn't always mean that you're not the best team. They're the best team. And you had to go through them. If you're coming out of the National League, you have to go through them. If you're in the World Series, you're going to have to beat them. Right? And Tampa's trying to do that right now. It's a great World Series. I won't watch an inning of it. It's it's too much. It hurts too much. I can't do it. Right? I love. Yeah, yeah. I, you're, you're done. The baseball season is over. It's, it's over for me. I've already started looking at you know uh, the free agent market for next year, which is going to be the weirdest one in history because yep, you're coming yep. off a season where the teams made no money. Look, no, but basketball is weird for the same reason. And like in basketball, the salary cap is tied to revenue, and so yeah, so like, it's a question of like teams have been projecting you know steady rise in the cap essentially, and it's like what happens if it stays the same or drops this year. You know, it's not going to be exactly tied to revenue because then it would plummet into like, yeah, you know, obscurity, and, and they can't yeah, do that. So they yeah. smooth, they do what's called cap smoothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this on an earlier show. Yeah, we but, did. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be a weird for agency for every, for every major sport. Yeah. yeah. Every major sport. But doesn't the fact that you have this great young team make you feel a little bit better about losing this one, knowing that you're probably going to get more bites of the apple? 
See, like yes, but again, I was a fan of the Braves in the 90s, and we were by far the best team in the 90s. By far. We were the team of the 90s, and we won one championship. Yeah. And like sure. we had four Hall of Famers play together through the entire thing, and someone a fifth player who should who should be in the Hall of Fame. And then the supporting cast was no freaking slouch either. We're not... Oh, Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones. Yeah, and so yeah. like, you know, we had five Michael Jordans, right? Four or five Michael Jordans, like Hall of Fame good players, but we had a lot of Scottie Pippins. You know, I know he made the Hall of Fame too, but you get what I'm saying. Like... I'm thinking of the, you know, the support cast, you know, like we had a lot of really good players around them, a lot of really homegrown talent and stuff. And it's like, you're seeing that again now. And so I'm hoping that it's not another thing. And look, if we get one, I'll be ecstatic. Don't get me wrong. There's, a, there's also, I, I guess, like, you know, the last five years in Major League Baseball, we've seen a lot of these like young cores rise and kind of fall apart pretty quickly. Like after the Cubs World Series, you thought they were going to be perennially awesome uh, you know, Astros is a bit of a different story, you know, in terms of how it fell apart, but uh, yeah. still did. Red Sox for the same reason. And there's know. a lot of similarities and differences between all of those, too. Like, one thing I want to say is all of those teams are way higher revenue teams than the Braves and have higher uh, and have higher um, salaries, which is a good and bad thing at the same time. It's nice that we're talking about this right when Moneyball becomes a thing that's on Netflix again. By the way, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen that movie, please watch the movie Moneyball on Netflix. Even if you don't like baseball, it's completely fine, and you'll understand why I talk with such passion. It is difficult. It is so hard to not be romantic about baseball. Like, how can really, you not be? Really good movie. And if you haven't read the book yet. If you like numbers, you'll love the book. Yeah. The yeah, the, the book is a little bit more nerdy. So if you're, nerdy, less, yeah. if you're less of the baseball fan, then maybe stay away. But if you are the baseball fan and you've seen, maybe seen the movie and liked it or are planning to see the movie, read the book too. The book is really good. I think I... I honestly think I read that book in one night. Like I, yeah, I, I picked it twice, up and started yeah. reading it yeah. at like you you know, eight o'clock and just put it down at like three in the morning. I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the nicknames that have for people in the book. Like Kevin Euclid became the Greek God of walks because yeah. of that book and stuff, little things like that. Uh, last little things. I know our, our viewers at home probably don't want to hear us talk about baseball like the entire time, but it is a little different. The fact that um, I actually kind of like that we're like a middling market team because it makes you have to be uh, more cost effective, right? You have to be more shrewd when it comes to certain things like, the Cubs, you're seeing a big problem right now. Is like they just don't have money. Like they have a lot of really bad contracts or contracts that have become bad because their players are, are aging and they're they're playing a lot. And so like now one of their best players, who's young, Chris Bryant, is up is, is a free agent. And like you're like, well, what do we do? Like we we can't afford him anymore. Like can we? You know, we some other team might be able to offer him more. Same thing is happening with the Red Sox. He's had to trade away Mookie Betts, who's probably going to win a World Series this first year with the Dodgers and who put up some absurd plays in our division series. Like. There's a joke that there was, you know, in, the, in game seven or there's a ball that like Freddie Friedman hit. And it's like as soon as the ball hit left the bat, I was like, that's gone. Every Dodger fan in the world starts groaning. Every Red Sox fan in the world just goes, yeah, Mookie's got it. And Mookie just robs him. You know, like every Red Sox fan <laughs> is like, yeah, you're good. Don't worry about it. Y'all aren't used to Mookie yet. You'll get used to him, you know. Yeah, but yeah. But here's the thing. It's not like we were an aging team with our window closing like it was early in the 2000s or, or you know, in the early, two, yeah. like, 2012, 2013. Those are the ones that really sting. Like, that's why, like, we, it's like Rockets fans this year. I was day. so happy when they blew it up. I knew it was going to suck. I thought it was going to suck for longer. It was only, like, three or four years. But, okay, like, here, here's a funny stat. The We, uh, I think we're second. We were the first or second home runs this year in a 60-game series. We hit more home runs this season than we did in a full season in, like, 2016. Or something like that. We out-homered that team in 162 games. We played 102 games less, and we out-homered them. That's how bad those teams were back then. So, yeah. hope springs also, eternal. We've seen a surge in home runs in the last two years. Yeah, right? yeah. But the, the the dude, if you look at that lineup, I started naming players on it. You just be like, I don't know who any of those people are other than Freddie Freeman. You know that kind of thing. There's not even like 
there were there weren't even like the youngsters up yet that you're like, yeah, these guys are going to develop into suppliers. They weren't even there yet. So, Hope Springs Eternal. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to next year. We'll see what happens with free agency. I have you know my thoughts of what we should do. We'll see what the, you know the front office is going to do. Super excited about it. Um, don't want to bore people with any more of the stuff. Uh, as I was say, um, other than that, I haven't really done anything much. I've worked a lot over the last week, so nothing really too crazy to talk about. I am looking forward to television next week, though. We got a really good show coming out in about eight days, nine days. Uh, the Mandalorian Season 2 is coming out, and I'm really excited about having a new show to watch. It's going to suck that I'm only going to get one episode a week. Just give me all of them so I can just not sleep for a day. You know, but I don't know if you're... You're not into Star Wars the way I am, but... No, not even close. But uh, the season one was really good. I'm probably going to try to rewatch season one before season two or whatever. So we'll see if I have enough time or whatever. But I, I'm I'm a big fan of the show. It's pretty cool. It's 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 signifying this new way of doing television, which I think a lot of stuff's going to start doing it for movies and television. The entire show is shot in one room. Apparently, they just bring the set into the room. The room is just a giant like green screen, and so like almost everything you see around him, maybe like standing on something or like people are standing on stuff. Like, that's there. Like, they'll make the floor, like, the tables and stuff. But, like, everything else is, like, computer-generated pretty much and stuff. So, it's just all done in, like, one giant, like, hangar or whatever. Like, there's no... They don't build big, enthralling sets anymore. Also, anything they can do digitally, they do it. And it's... It huh. looks good. It looks real, you know? Obviously, a lot of it's fake because you're watching Star Wars. You know, like, they're flying yeah, through yeah. space and, and shit. And so, if you're going to do that with a show and that be, the, like, the pioneering show, yeah. you know, Star Wars is one that makes a lot of sense. Also, you know, uh, Lucasfilm and, and Skywalker, Industrial Light and Magic, they're usually on the cutting edge of everything when it comes to this. You know, they have absurd pockets. You know, like, they have the best, yeah. like, they... It's not just Star Wars that uses their stuff. Other, All the other big companies, like I think Marvel oh, yeah. uses, you know, uh, Lucasfilm stuff. They're like, they're so far ahead that, like, obviously... Because that's the biggest thing. And you can say whatever you want about the new trilogy. Obviously, some of it stunk for a lot of reasons. You know, I, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They are visually stunning. Like, every one of the things is visually stunning. And, like, that's a that's a big thing. You know, the cinematography is really good. It looks really good. So, as long as the story is fine, you're, you're at a good show. You know? It can, it can make up for some lapses in writing and stuff, obviously. Which, the story is good, too, anyway. But, uh, you got anything cool going on in the last week? Um, I know you all had a problem at Versus Live today. You had a little, uh... Little power yeah, outage, huh? it was weird. Uh, we are we're recording this on Thursday evening, and this afternoon, Corey and I were just playing versus. You know, we were live. We were tour in game two of the first match, so pretty early in the show, and the power just goes out. You played the lights out. You played the lights out, Ross. You were playing too good. I was drawing so well. Yeah, it's actually kind of unbelievable. Like I, I was playing humans. Rigged. Game one. Hey, rigged. <laughs> I kept, I kept three lands, Ether Vial, and like two Mantis Riders and a Reflector Mage, and uh, you know, played turn one Vial. Or no, I I had Thalia, not the Reflector Mage. But then I drew Reflector Mage as my first card, played the Vial, and was like, oh, I was on the draw against Mo like Monored Prowess, and I thought like oh, I, I might get run over before this Vial can really start pulling me ahead. But then I just like. Ripped a champion of the parish so I could go violent champion play Thalia, have two things. Then I ripped another two drops so I got to go like reflector mage. I think it was Thalia's lieutenant. And then next turn, like, you know, go to three, put in two Mantis Riders. So I just curved out perfectly because of those, those draw steps. All three draw steps were just insane. And the same thing was happening in game two. And then the light just go out. And I'm thinking like 
they'll come back in a minute or two or whatever. You know, most power outages yeah. are pretty brief. Yeah, just like a little quick rolling thing yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Now we we walked out to the front of the of the store the storefront in SCG, hung out for you know 20, 30 minutes. Eventually got told like this probably isn't getting fixed anytime soon. But fortunately, and the outage must have been localized to the northern part of the city where the, the where the SCG Game Center is. Uh, and I live, you know, more towards the middle, even slightly southern part of the city. Uh, so my apartment was fine. Um, you know, so I just, I just, you know, got a short day, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was, it was just weird. I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened. You don't have to do with yourself when your routine is kind of messed up to that extent, right? Yeah, I tried to get a basketball game going, and we like fell just short. People were like, "Yeah, I'm in," and then somebody dropped out, and then like somebody else filled them in, but then the another person had dropped out because they thought we were gone. It was a whole. The afternoon was kind of a shit show. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. I can understand yeah. that. So uh, yeah, this is a weird afternoon. I was about to say, I'm surprised and not surprised to see that we made one year. This is our one year anniversary. It's funny. I like, you know, you, you know, you have like the, the timeline stuff on your phone. It's like what happened a year ago or five yeah, years yeah. ago or whatever. And I saw it and I saw the uh, like the, the post on Facebook and the post on Twitter. Where it's just like if Ross Merriman and I made a podcast about the new format Pioneer being announced, would anybody watch it? Would anybody be, be excited? You know, and I kind of wanted to. Is it OK if we reminisce a little bit? If everybody at home, I think everybody at home would be sure, OK sure. hearing this. Sorry, excuse me um, with uh, talking about it. And. I kind of like wanted to talk about because I, I, we may have mentioned it. I think of the first. I don't remember, but how this came together. So I wake up that morning with optimism, seeing Wizards post because there was a ban announcement for I believe Modern. I think we were looking for something specific to be banned out of Modern or Legacy or something. Something we were looking for something to happen to fix a format, right? And yeah. everybody knew it was coming. And so they made the announcement, and you know that's that what might we saw. Have been the field of the dead ban and standing. It might have been that, right? And so. God, there's been so many, it's hard to tell when they were. But yeah. more on that later. You know, but, um, so, you know, you, you see your Twitter and it's everybody, re- you know, posting the photo. You see the photo, you see Ian Duke, and then you see like the little text next to it. These cards are banned, right? You know, the thing we've come to know and love so much over the last year for all the different formats. And I read the whole thing because there was more to the article than just the bannings, but most people just stopped at that. And in the article, I was like, how is no one tweeted about the fact there's a new fucking format? <laughs> right and so Isn't i look at a big it deal yeah and i look at it I'm like this is kind of a big deal if they have any support to this because this format sounds like gas right and i start looking at it and uh you know all this is like you know the shows where they have like a machine going through process and it's like it goes through everything it's like all this happened in the span of like 0.5 seconds or whatever like all you know all the process and then so i was like i contacted ross i was like hey because you know he had talked about uh ross had talked about he wanted to diversify his magic content you know this is this is before he was streaming so he's like i want to like start doing streaming and doing some other stuff to where you know it's it's not just the tournament series right it's not just versus live i want to be like a you know a one-stop shop i want to do everything and i was like well let's do this podcast about this new format and you're like wait what what new format and i linked it to him and he's like in like just, I, I need to find the <laughs> chat but you're just like in and so then and we make a Twitter I, account. I'm not the kind of person to be, you know, yeah. impulsive like this. Normally, yeah. I, I like take my time, think. I'm sort of like an ent, you know. I'm pretty I sure deliberate. I blew up your your DMs too. I'm pretty sure I was like, "This is gonna be amazing. You should do this." <laughs> yeah. It was like word vomit. Yeah, yeah. But this was this was you know sort of right place, right time, where I was kind of looking for a project like this. Tannen comes to me with it, so I just snapped it off. I was like, "In, I'm you know I've got an article to write because usually write Mondays." Uh, but I can, you know, we can record the first episode tonight. Yeah. And that's what we did because the I saw the reminder from Facebook and, and that it was one year from yesterday, which would have been Wednesday of this week, the 21st, which means the 21st was a Monday last year because this year was a leap year. Mm-hmm. 
and that's how that works. I forgot and this year was a leap year, by the way. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah, of course, 2020 yeah. is going to be as long as fucking possible. Yeah, it's got the extra day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I kind of made the robot reference because, like, all this happened. You said you're in. Uh, I make the Twitter account. We make a Gmail account. We've got all this stuff, whatever. Seven minutes has gone by. Literally, I remember it. Seven minutes had gone by since the announcement. Yeah. And I was like, yo, we get this. Because I remember, I was like, when should we announce this? I don't want to announce it right away. But I wanted to be the first. We wanted to be, like, the first, you know, podcast. And so it was funny. I started talking about it with Ross. And, like, I had all this stuff. And I got so many DMs about it. Because I posted about it. I was like, this is awesome. I think y'all are bearing the lead on this new format. I think it's going to be great. And people kept DMing me. And they're like, yeah, this is great. Like, you know, blah, blah. this is like two to three hours down the line. I remember a couple of people DMing me. And they're like, yeah, I think I'm going to like, what if we made a podcast about this? Nobody has a podcast about it. And I was just like, I've already got you all beat. And they're like, what? I'm like, I've already got an episode planned. And like the, I've already got an outline. And they're like, what? Because like, we already knew what we were going to talk about in the first episode, you know, yeah. we, which we were really right and really wrong about a lot of the stuff we talked about. Yeah, that's how predictions go, right? Yeah, yeah. It, you know? You know, you win a few, you lose a few, right? Yeah. And so that was and a that was a fun day. Hope springs eternal there as well. I was like super optimistic. Yeah, it, was, it was. I remember it being a long day, a busy day, mm-hmm. but a, sort of an exhilarating day. One of those yeah. days where you're excited to get to work. You're like really tired when you get in bed, but the good kind of tired. You're like, I yeah. put in work today. You know, you're like, you're yeah, proud very of content tired. Yeah, there you go, content. I was very proud of the day that we had because I had to put a lot of stuff on the side. I was like, look, I, I can do all this stuff tomorrow. Like, I'm I'm making sure because. Again, like I said, it was so important for us to be, like, the first one out. Like, I wanted to be the premier one. You know, I wanted to be, like, the, the face of this, right? I wanted it to be, like, oh, you like Pioneer? Do you listen to the Pioneer podcast? <laughs> you know, like... We we did get beat on one thing, though. You remember? We we wanted to go get the Pioneer Decklist Twitter account along with Pioneer Cast Yeah, and they got us there. And, and Jer- yeah, Jerry and Brian beat us to Hold the on. Pioneer... I wonder if that was some insider trading, but he might have known already. He might have already had the account. No, <laughs> who, who knows? Yeah. Regard, regardless of how it happened, yeah. we, got, we got beat to one thing. I'm joking. We got beat. Um, and uh, yeah, there, we had a, a really fun first week doing the podcast and then a not so fun second week because I hate you. of me. Yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, Ross, for some reason, it was like, yeah, we're just going to cover every deck list that gets posted on the site. And I was like, no, Ross, not all of them. He's like, no. Every single 5-0 list. Yeah. I think it was 142 different deck lists. It was something in that range. 137. The, the number that comes to my head is 163. It was some random number yeah. in the mid-100s. And yeah. I was just like, we had to actually break it into multiple podcasts. If you go listen to it, you can hear us actually contemplating Eternal Dread as the show goes yeah, on yeah. longer the, and longer. It, it longer. really dragged. It oh, went yeah. on for like... It's like nine hours of total content. And so, like, during those nine hours, as it got later, I just contemplated different ways to kill you. Like, and, and, and more ways to torture you, longer, more painful. Like, at well, first, I was like, cl- I'm just going to kill you. Clearly, you didn't land on one that works. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, come on. Like, let's be real. But, like, you know, the, like at first, I was like, I'm just going to kill him. You know, just something easy, nice, and clean. Yeah, just yeah. gunned execution style <laughs> yeah. right to the forehead. Yeah. By hour nine, I had some real creative Dexter shit going on, all right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to flay his skin from his bones. All right, this is getting morbid. Speaking of that, do you see the Dexter's coming back? Yeah, it's, that's weird because didn't he go off to become a, a like a woodsman? lumberjack? A lumberjack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's gonna be a, like a standalone like thing, unless it makes too much money, and I'm sure they'll be like, all right, maybe season two or whatever. But uh, it's it's probably gonna be like kind of like Watchmen. It's gonna be like a little story like after the fact. You know what I mean? You just watch the actor just like need more money. He has like Michael C. Hall hasn't really been big since. Like he's done he yeah. did a couple other things, but I don't blame him, honestly. Like what was Dexter like eight seasons? 
So Something it's like, like that. So it's about nine, maybe ten years of his life when it comes to all all the extra stuff said and done. You play the same character. Like I've said, look, it, it's definitely changed in Hollywood the last couple of years where like it used to be like you want to be the big movie star if you want to be rich, right? Now it's yeah. like, dude, if you get on one of these good TV shows, you're set for like eight years and then the royalty rights alone, like yeah, the, from if you get syndicated, then like you know how much money Seinfeld makes every year still, like like a lot. Mostly goes to Jerry and Larry David. The rest of the cast yeah. doesn't have uh, nearly the same deal that those two do. Big Bang Theory, like as much as you want to say about that show, I'm they made so friends. Yeah, they yeah. don't have, they don't have to work. It, yeah. it, it's the point where once you have a good uh, like a popular show that gets in syndication. Like you do not have to take a job that you don't want to take ever again. Ross, how do we get syndicated? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what we got to work on. You know, it was um, it, I love Lucy still makes CBS like twenty million dollars a year. Yeah, that's just unreal. Yeah, that show. Lucille what, Ball 60s? has been dead for fifties. Th- Lucille yeah. Ball has been dead for thirty years. <laughs> her kids are probably still reaping some of the rewards on that, though. Yeah, her her kids are, are like our. Uh, Probably really even, well off. They might not even be alive. I don't even know. Yeah, who? who yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't. I would not have this. Well, Lucille Ball died, I think, in '89, late '80s, and so before, Desi, I think, bef- was mid '80s. Before you were born, but during like my teenage years. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, just thinking back on it, man, like, you know, I miss that optimism about the format. You know, it's look. Here's the thing. I still think the format's great. I still love it. We're still going to talk about Pioneer. We're still going to cover it. Just it just needs it needs like an injection. It needs some reason for people to focus on it and realize it's good again. Here's the thing: we don't have a way to play it very much right now, and I think that's a big deal. Yeah, Let, let's you know, say nobody wants to support tournaments on MTGO. Right. Let's say that they somehow port eighty percent of it to Arena, and it's functional with this because uh, like they're, they're they're still apparently doing like the Pioneer Masters sets or whatever yeah. and we'll see what happens if they make pioneer format which is going to be weird that pioneer and historic are different formats on there but because like that just can get really confusing for players that aren't indoctrinated into like competitive play but if they get it on there and it's like reasonable i'm going to play the shit out of it yeah i guess that's the injection it needs and it needs you know watsy to you know, get that project done and get and get the sets but they're not uh, incentivized to do so we'll see it's, i don't think it's going to make them a ton of money well maybe yeah well, uh, honestly it, it, yeah it just Everything is just so unpredictable right now mm-hmm. with COVID. Because like, here's the thing: I know Star City put out another announcement about like it's indefinite, it's on a definite leave. I mean, that was like an announcement. That was guaranteed. That's like, yeah, yeah, duh. We all fucking knew. Yeah, <laughs> right. You, do you remember when we first started talking on the show about the COVID stuff, and you were like, "Yeah, maybe like the tail end of season two gets played." And I was like, "You're not playing this year." And I and like I thought that I was making a hot take by that, and like, dude, I was way wrong. We aren't gonna play yeah. next year either. Yeah, yeah, I'm at I'm at this point where I think we're gonna play starting, you know, like spring of 2022. Like once we get yeah, through that winter, 23, yeah, yeah, because of the winter, you know, it's just worse for spreading it. I think we, once we get through, you know, two two winters, this winter and next winter is when I like that Up, uphills both winters, through. just yeah, uphill in the snow both winters. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. um, hopefully, you know, the format can, like maybe it gets a big injection again. When that happens, and, and in this podcast with its new name will be so popular, we can rebrand, we can brand another podcast into the Pioneer Podcast again. Because I'm we still can become I'm st- like a whole network of podcasts. Yeah, because I'm still going to own that shit. <laughs> you can't take it from me. <laughs> yeah, we can we can license out the name, and people can host. Yeah, I'll just hire somebody else. Yeah, and just be like, yeah. hey, forty percent. You know, like whatever. I'll landlord yeah, that shit. You know, like <laughs> we will not be landlording anything. It's a, it's a joke. But yeah, yeah, we will not be landlording. Yeah, I know. But I had to I had to get you fired up as I am. For everybody at home who's, who could tell, I'm a little fired up. I uh, 
I just got, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more later, but I just got done doing commentary for some, uh, for some magic stuff. And I am wired right now. I took a shower, chugged an energy drink. That's a pretty good segue, Tannen, because you were doing commentary for Eternal Weekend. And that's I the was. first item on our, on our list of things to talk about. Let's talk about that. So Eternal Weekend, uh, it's been pretty big in the Magic community since I think like 2003, I think it was like one of the first ones. Uh, I'm going to get some of the numbers wrong here or not exact, but it is like the most important tournament when it comes to Legacy and Vintage. It's like their hallmark event, right? It's their, it's yeah. their Super Bowl, which don't don't sue us, the NFL, please, because um, you actually can't, you can't do that. You can't say that, but um, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like they will actually, if you have like a big broadcast that you make money on, they will come after you. If you call something the big game or whatever, you use their... They're trademarking stuff. I should probably stop talking about this. But fucking NFL. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's their superb owl. Yeah, okay, sure. It's it's their big trademark event and it's like an owl, but way better than the rest you know, of the time. This owls. is like this is an event that some people are like, this is the event I play every year, right? You know, I put a lot of time and effort into it, or I travel. Like they have people from all over the world coming to play in it. You know, usually like the yeah. Pittsburgh well, area, I believe. Eternal, like legacy and vintage people, they don't get many big tournaments. So the ones they do have, like they all are like, Okay, that's the one. Everybody marks They're their dedicated, calendar and yeah. everybody shows up. Yeah. And, and everybody afterwards is like, Look at our great attendance. We should have more of these events. And it's like, Well, if you had more, you wouldn't show up to all of them. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's it's self fulfilling prophecy. But they decided to hold the tournament on Magic Online this year. Like, it's a bunch of different versions of it, right? And when in our notes, it just says Eternal Weekend, big success. When I say this was a big success, I'm underselling it. It was a massive success. Yeah, I can't remember the last time a tournament on MTGO capped. So here's the thing. I got some numbers. The Friday event had 581 people in it. The Saturday event had high 4,000s. And the Sunday event had high 6,000s and capped and I heard that it's raised the cap for the vintage one as well. That's coming up. That's going to have over a thousand people or whatever in it. Um, it was a it was a home so, run. Is that going to be the largest vintage tournament ever held? Maybe. I'll tell you this: it's one of the harder ones ever held because like well, the, the the fields of these have been unreal. Like I, the names that you're seeing in them and stuff. Yeah, I, I've played in some vintage tournaments that were at the time the largest vintage tournament ever held, and the number was something a little over two hundred. Yeah, exactly. Granted, right? this was two thousand five, two thousand six, but. Yeah. And here's the cool thing, too. Card availability, not a problem on Magic Online. They're giving people God accounts when it comes yeah, to Yeah, when you pay your, your entry fee, they just like give you an account with everything on it, and you just get to you play have like whatever you want. like a phantom account. Yeah, like you have like a phantom thing where like any cards you're missing, they're in your account, using quotations here. Yeah, and which is awesome. Great idea. Whoever came up with that, kudos to you. Awesome idea. I'm, just, I'm honestly kind of surprised Watsy was okay with that. Um, dude, it's making the money. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they, you know, somebody crunched some numbers and they're well, like, okay, this is a good You know, thing. it costs you money to make an account on Magic Online now, right? We're so old, we didn't have to do it. Nowadays, if you make an account, it costs you money to sign on. It, well, it costs you like, does it, it costs you like five or ten dollars like and bucks. you get, you get like yeah. ten dollars in credit to the store. When yeah, you but that's make free. Your You're getting something that doesn't cost them any money to make. So the money's free. Yeah. So then giving you store, they can give you a thousand dollars store credit. They'd still make that ten dollars that they wouldn't have made anyway. You know what they, I mean? So, usually, like when you you know make an account, you're gonna have to spend some money to build, start building your account anyway. Like everybody just buys like a hundred tickets or something. I'm, I'm telling you, it's just, it's just you know just basic math. Like they're they're getting that, they're getting this, they're getting that, so they're getting their money's worth, right? So and like honestly, yeah. they might have just been like, hey, throw them a bone. You know who gives a shit? Like make make it make it work, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the other thing is at this point, like they just want to have people playing Magic, right? I'm sure all their numbers are down across the board. Just get people playing Magic, so they you know, might be a little bit more willing to be lenient in certain areas. Yeah, awesome stuff there. And my favorite part of Eternal Weekend, have you seen the prizes every year? Oh, the yeah, the big pay, it's like a, it's an, it looks like an oversized card. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it artwork. It's unique art. Yeah, it's unique art. Um, so, like, generally, it's, 
it's it's a pretty important card, right? Like yeah. uh, in the past, it's been Time Walk, Moxes, something like that. It's it's an alternate art. The art usually sometimes gets put onto Magic Online afterwards. Like I think of the Time Walk art where it's like the guy with the sword walking on like the the spinning. Yeah. That's like what well, I I like that. If if I could have a Time Walk like that, that's the Time Walk I would have. I, I love that art. I think it's amazing. Um, this year, like Maze of Ith was one of them. So they actually named the tournaments the card that was going to be. Yeah, they were all lands. It was yeah. uh, like the vintage ones are a workshop, academy, mm-hmm. library, and the can, legacy can you, ones are. Can you imagine having a one of a kind workshop? Maze of Ith, Caracas, something else. But, you know, these are things that you like would frame and display in your home. It's like your trophy, but it's like not your typical like brass yeah. cup that everybody has, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It's a really cool thing. And honestly, like. The, uni- the the ac- the actual arts itself usually don't appeal that much to me because I'm a, a sucker for just original same printings usually same but it the uniqueness I'm a huge sucker for yes so if the art is remotely cool and it's completely unique like that is that is something I would love to win and and you know mo- I I do think most people sell it and they're pr- and it's pretty easy to sell which is also nice because you have this like unique item that sells usually for a pretty hot pretty high value yeah. It's, and like you know, most of the time they're giving you you know if you're getting product at the end of a tournament, you're getting you know boxes or you know uh, for vintage you might get some power or something like that. And I don't know, like it, it, some of those things can be difficult to sell. I literally have boxes like sealed boxes I've won in PTQs that I just was never able to sell back in the day. And I'm just sitting here across my fingers that some somehow somewhere down the line, Born of the Gods product becomes you know valuable, even though there's no good cards in the entire fucking set. <laughs> <laughs> no exactly like, i have some of those prizes still sealed i've got like random ravnica boxes and stuff in there which you know they'll hold their value and so it's like whatever it's just fun to have like i might give them away at some point you if, know it's if, like if you do want to sell the artwork it's pretty easy to do that it's not but difficult it, it is a super super unique prize mm-hmm. really cool I, i've played some eternal weekend events before not to mention the formats you get to play legacy and vintage are sweet i've always wanted to get into vintage and have it and i keep hearing that Vintage might be like in the best spot it's ever been at, or one of the better yeah, spots it's ever I been at. I hear that shops aren't that good right now, and that's a, probably a good thing because the play experience of Mishra's Workshop decks is awful. Yeah, and they got rid of I, some of the problematic cards too, like Narset and stuff was a big problem. Yeah. And uh, honestly, you know, I get that Mishra's Workshop has been a huge part of Vintage for about twenty years at this point, and uh, you know, th- that's a thing. And like, you know, if they restricted it, it would be. It would be bad, like, financially, but people that own vintage cards, they're doing pretty well financially. Nobody's, like, sinking their life savings into Mishra's workshops, right? There are people that like probably either owned the cards for 20 years and got them when they were dirt cheap. Like, is it, isn't it worth it to, like, give them a format that is fun? I don't, like, I'm sure there are people that like playing Mishra's workshop decks or whatever, but for the most part, the play patterns with those decks are really bad. Honestly, like, yeah. I, you know, Watsy doesn't care about vintage and, and they don't really have much reason to care about it. But I mean, like, why should they, it, you know, like I would be interested in, like, getting some polling data from frequent vintage players, not online vintage players, but like the the old guard people have been, who've been playing their like 30 person monthly vintage tournament in bumfuck New York for 10 years straight and just love it. You know, do those, would those people care if Mishra's Workshop was restricted? If their format changed? Like, oh, you have to, like, actually think about your, like, changing your <laughs> format instead of one I card? Mean, you know, like... 
the format doesn't really change. It's just blue soup decks, yeah. you know? Sometimes they're combos, sometimes they're not. Like, Paradoxical Outcome actually probably changed it more than any other card in recent memory. Yeah. Now there's Doomsday decks. Yeah, the, the format, I, I agree, actually does look pretty fun. Yeah, so overall it's pretty great. Um, I got to do two rounds of commentary. I did Legacy. The first round, I'm trying to remember correctly, was... Um, it was Lands versus Doomsday in Legacy. Um, so pretty typical like combo two ships passing in the night kind of matchup it was really cool. It was fun to do. I don't want to do any spoilers or anything if people are going to watch it. But seeing Doomsday be like tierish one is really cool. Uh, Thassa's Oracle really took that deck and just like made it very very good. You know, yeah, like, it just gave you a very simple way to win the game. Yeah, man. It, yeah. I, I used to hear about Doomsday back in the day being very complicated. Now it's just very simple. Um, Lands is a new toy. Now it was a Valakut Exploration, the 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 three mana enchantment from. Oh, that's a cool one. Yeah, and like that's a that's I mean it probably got boarded out in that matchup, but that one is a real sweet one because it gives you another avenue of victory to beat people. Like you can actually you can actually physically beat people with life from the loam now instead of just locking them. You know, you can be like Valakut, like start start. Yeah, yeah, just just ping you start into win conditions. You. So that's cool. Yeah. You know, you can just you can just fetch land every freaking turn. You know, and, and so. Uh, Skyclave Apparition has been putting in work in Death and Taxes. Yep, I was going to say that That's one's just a multi-format all-star at this yeah. point. I didn't get to do a Death and Taxes matchup, which I actually wish I had, because I think that deck is actually pretty cool. I think it's great that it's, it's survived as long as it has in the format, because yeah. like you would feel like it shouldn't have with some of the cards that have gotten printed over the last five years, but now it got a big bolt. And we talked about this when we talked about our eight, top eight list, and I thought that card was good for Standard. I thought the card was good for Pioneer. I thought it was very, very good for like Legacy and stuff like that. So the next matchup we did, I think it was like, I did Hogak versus, uh, hmm. I can't, I had four different decks. It was like Lands, Hogak, uh, Doomsday, and. Some sort of Uro, no, Pile, no, 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 no. It, was like, it was like no, no Delver. Um, hold on, I can like look it up or whatever. Uh, was I, it a combo my, deck? My brain is freaking fried. Yeah, it was like a. Elves. Elves. It was Elves. Oh, was, yeah, because of Allosaurus Rider. Yeah, and Allosaurus Rider was, I mean, obviously not. Important not, in that matchup, but like Rider, it's not Alisor. That's it's the Alisor, one. The it's Allosaurus Shepherd. Allosaurus Shepherd. Yeah, there we go. And uh, that card is really cool and good, and it's probably the biggest addition to Elves in the last like ten years. It helps because like here's the thing: when people talk about when DRS got banned in Legacy, like obviously Grixis Delver got way worse. Obviously Checkpile became almost unplayable. You know, like all these decks changed or blah, blah blah. Secretly, the like the deck that took the the most from it was like Elves. Like having that. That other avenue of victory because I died to, from the good players. I died to DRS a lot. Yeah, but El the thing is, Elves wasn't very good in that format right before DRS got banned. Anyway, so like, how much did it lose when it was starting from a lower position? But but I agree that that was sort of the nail in the in the coffin. But that, and then since then, you've had Ren and Six and Plague okay, Engineer. Yeah, Ren and Six, Plague Engineer, all these cards that are like really bad. For I think here's the thing. I think this is one of the worst times to be blue soup in Legacy, and I don't think it's bad. It's just that, like, they're so... Like, Legacy seems really healthy to me right now. I think it would be really cool if it was, like, the SCG Tour right now. You had something where you're playing pretty I'm, often. I'm, I'm kind of tempted to play some Elves in Legacy. I haven't done so since 2014. Was that the Reed Duke match? Were you PTSD'd that, so, that bad? Uh, that was one... So that, that Players' Championship was the very last tournament in which I played Legacy Elves. The Reed Duke match was round one of day two. I then proceeded to beat Tom Ross. He was playing Infect in my pod. Wow. Okay. Uh, probably, I think, the only time I ever beat him in that matchup when we played a few times. Um, and oh, then good I, timing. I, I beat uh, Steve Mann, who was on Teamer Delver, 
and it, in one of the games, like I, I played, think a turn I, helped, one, I think I helped Steve prepare for that tournament. Anyway, continue. I played a turn one Death Rite Shaman, and Steve, like you know, played a Delver or something, and I just killed him on turn two. Yeah, and, and he just had a, a bolt in his hand. He's like, yeah, I guess I should have killed that Death Rite. Like, yeah, you, you got to kill the, the turn one mana creatures. Like, yeah, you always if I play like one. a you know a Nettle Sentinel, or uh, certainly if I play Wyward Symbiote is the least threatening. If I play a Quirion Ranger turn one. You, you can maybe talk yourself into not killing it, but if I play a creature that produces mana, Heritage Druid, Deathrite Shaman, Llanowar Elves, anything like that, you, you should bolt it on the draw. And uh, So, you know, I 2 under that pod, which gave me a shot to actually just win the pod and go right to top four. All I needed was Tom Ross to beat Reed in the Infect versus Miracles matchup, which he, Tom was like 17-0 in, and so, of course, lost in an incredibly tight game three that he punted. So... Come on, Tom. I got a cool little story about this real quick. So uh, if anybody doesn't know about this at home, I'm sure they've heard me mention it, but, you know, Tom and I played a lot growing up. He's from about three hours away from where I live, and then he lived in my city for a long time. Uh, there was a SCG event in Atlanta one year that Tom and I drove up to by ourselves. And for Legacy, obviously I know what I'm playing. Um, Tom's like, hey, I think I'm going to play Infect. And this is literally the tournament where, like, he debuted the deck, right? And we just talked about it for like an hour. He was like, some of the most I've ever heard Tom talk, right? And uh, for anyone who knows him, he doesn't talk very much. No, he does not. And so I kind of got like an ins one of the first times a real inside glimpse of how his mind works for Magic. And like, he would talk about cards that he wanted to play in his deck, right? And how many of them. And I was just like, dude, sure, you're a fucking madman, but whatever, right? Um, funny, funny way the tournament works out. He played one Stifle in his list. He borrowed it from me. I died to that Stifle in Game 3 playing for Top 8, so he makes Top 8 instead. Um, and then in Top 8, he played against Miracles. This is where the you made me think of this. He played against Miracles playing BBD, right? And so BBD comes up to me, and he's like, hey, like, you know a decent bit about this deck or whatever, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, look, Tom's my friend. You know, like, I heard talking. I'm not going to give you, like, advice or whatever. Like, sorry, you know, I like both of you or whatever. But he's just talking. He goes, like, what do you think my matchup is? And, you know, like, I was trying to be polite, you know, I, I like BBD a lot. And I was like, yeah, I think you have, like, a, a decent shot at it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's like, uh, who do you think's favored? And I was like, I don't know, maybe Tom by a little bit. You know, it's like, I was trying to be nice, you know, I was trying to, like, not, I didn't want to, like, deject the guy. You are trying to be diplomatic. Yes. And so he goes, hey, you know, I, I think I'm actually a little bit favored. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was, like, the long day, maybe losing to the one of Stifle that I got, like, you know, that it's literally my Stifle, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, do you want to know my real opinion, BBD? And he goes, yeah, like, obviously, and I was like, you're going to lose in seven minutes. I remember I actually <laughs> said, you're going to lose in seven minutes. And he goes, he gave me that kind of, like, shocked, like, awestruck look. And then he lost in seven fucking minutes, <laughs> right? And, it, and I knew this was going to come up, too, because he, were, he talked were you, about Were you railing? railing yeah, I looked right at Did him, you, too. Yeah. I made eye contact, <laughs> looked right at well, him. So, what was his look? Uh, he was still very shocked because of what happened. He didn't know how humility worked with... Um, uh, Blink Moth Nexus, Nexus or, or Moth Nexus, which is understandable because it has to do with layering. But like, because like he talked about, he's like, dude, I have humility. It's like it's like game over versus deck, and I didn't want to tell it. I didn't say anything because I was like, obviously he just doesn't know. Because like anyone who doesn't know, it's like humility comes to play, it makes everything lose. But if you give a creature an ability after that, it keeps it, so it yeah. becomes a one one creature. Activating a creature land is yeah. giving the land those abilities. So very famously, like Rudy's like tap out for this thing, go, and Tom's just like, I'll activate my Nexus and kill you or whatever, you know, like I'll, I'll just play magic you know and he's like wait what like, it's weird to me that he doesn't doesn't know that because that was that's a classic interaction people used to play it with mish's factory you know what here's the thing 
and Factory would yeah. be this 2-2, two, two, so it would actually dominate the board because everything's a 1-1. One, one. Yeah, maybe he just, like, overth- overthought it. You know, like, you you feel sick. I would make this mistake. All, all bullshit aside, I would actually make the mistake in BBD's spot. I don't. I, I'm actually not sure when BBD started playing Magic. Maybe he's not, maybe he's you know younger in Magic years than I think he this, is. Yeah, he was actually pretty young at this time too. And this, I think, this is when he was starting to make his like big push to being good. You know, this is when he started dominating the SCG tour. Sure, sure. Like that. Like when did he start though? Like I, I, I don't you know. know. I don't know. That came off way more harsh than I meant to do. I, I'm, no, no. Yeah, you uh, you've known him longer than I have. I don't know, but. Um, you know, it was just, it was that's, just a, great yeah, it was just a crazy event. You know, we drove up there because of that. We left really late and we, I, I tried to drive home that night and it's like a eight ish hour drive and we had to play through, I think Tom lost in the finals or semifinals or something like that. I remember I had to pull over the side of the road, like to a truck stop and slept for like an hour and a half just so I could like get up and drive some more because Tom can't drive. And so I had to make the whole drive. I was like, I'm going to kill us. I need to pull over the side of the road. I'm going to, I'm going to wreck, you know, wreck the car or whatever. But we ended up making it home at like five, six, seven in the morning. I remember people were getting up. The sun was up. It sucked. Like, oh yeah, I've I've done that a time or two. Y- y'all don't remember the 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 two one day open era when y- y- Sunday didn't end until oh I played those when. like quite a bit you know and yeah and, and I and skipped Sunday a back. lot. I was just playing the draft I, opens. Yeah, a lot of Sundays where I wasn't getting home until two, three, four in the morning. I was so happy. Like first time I went to a two day open and I was like, oh, we're done. It's like seven. You want to know what the best thing about the two day opens was for me? I never top eighted a, a, a day one open and I had like a million top 16s. I top eighted my first day two open and then just I had the highest top eight percentage for the longest time until some of these kids came up and crushed it. Cause I was just like, oh, I could lose more than one time. Let's go. <laughs> you know, like, cause like if you remember, I would like X won the Swiss or X or like X one won the Swiss and you just wouldn't make it sometimes. Or like you'd like, I remember how many, I can't tell you times I ate two with losing in the last round. And it's like, sorry, you're 13th. <laughs> Or whatever, and you're like, fuck, you know, like there, there was a, there was a, I think it was a, maybe it was a ten rounder, might, might have been a nine rounder, but uh, one where I was X one with two rounds to go, played against Jim Davis, and this is before we were acquainted. He was playing Esper, Sun Titan Control. I was playing Blue White Delver because I was smart, and he was Jim, and uh, we ended up, you know, getting into game three and not finishing, and you know, it wasn't. That it wasn't definitive who was winning game three. I thought I was ahead. He thought he was slightly ahead. Who you know? Of course, we're both pretty. We're both pretty biased. So we just took the draw. You know, couldn't decide. And then we both won our next rounds and just finished ninth and tenth. Yep, <laughs> like, obviously, just both X one one ninth and tenth. Let's go. I had a I had a nine rounder, a legacy open where I was playing Sultai Control. And this is before Deathrite Shaman and Abrupt Decay were printed. I think I remember this deck, by the way. Somebody like did really well at an Invitational with it once. Or yeah, I was playing Life. It played two Life from the Loam, Liliana. You have like veil, a Knight of the Souls Betrayal somewhere blood. in there. Yeah, Knight of Souls Betrayal. Like this was a slow plotting deck. And it matched. Uh, people were playing, you know, a lot of Teamer Delver at this time. And a good amount of like Sneak and Show and Reanimator were getting big because Grossal Brand had just been printed. It was right after Avacyn Restored. And I had been playing Maverick, and I was just afraid of all these combo decks. And so I st- was trying to find a new deck for the Envy. And so at this open, I was playing the Sultai Control deck that seemed good to me. I think this is right when people started realizing Inquisition of Kozilek was playable in Legacy, too. Like, you started seeing that start to make its way in. Yeah. So uh, the the one thing I did know was that this deck could not beat Burn, ever. And I got paired against Burn in round one and lost. But I won seven rounds in a row. And then in round nine, played an on-camera feature match against a Darwin Castle. 
Oh, he was playing wow. Sneak and Show. Darwin Castle, wow. Okay. Yeah, he was playing Sneak and Show. And I, I've i been told that the hand he kept in game one was absolutely heinous. Um, it's hard to see on, on the camera. You can't really tell. But I, I think what it was was like Ancient Tomb, City of Traitors, like Sneak Attack, uh, Preordain, uh, Force of Will, Misdirection something else like two sneak attacks maybe like it had like one combo piece and no colored mana somehow rips effects, land off the top. Yeah, like ripped lotus petal preordain into something like he killed me very easily yeah and i don't know maybe they were lying to me i don't really know but it wins game it wins game one very easily and then game two i mulligan to five and get my turn one thoughts he's misdirected <laughs> and like just got you know uh, I kept a, I kept a brainstorm because when your Thoughtseize gets misdirected, you choose which card to take out of your own hand because you still control the Thoughtseize. Yeah. And so and so my hand, I literally like took an interactive spell and just left myself with a brainstorm. I was like, hope this brainstorm is awesome. Like brainstorming into bricks and died in 12 minutes. Narrowed his voice. It was not. But I got I got Darwin back at the first open I won, which was that like two weeks later in Indy. We played in the Swiss. It must be like, so nice to four, one, one, five, one and I got him. Yeah. Okay. But... You know, as we said, greatest format on earth. Uh, super successful Eternal Weekend. I'm glad they got to have their tournaments. I say they. I'm I'm part of that community, but you know what I mean. I've never do been. You, one of do those. you think we're gonna see some more organizing on MTGO as a result of this? Because we're like mo- almost everything's been on Arena, even non WotC events. You know, I the think SCG they'll try. Online was Arena. Yeah. You know, other everybody was focused on Arena. Um, I'm surprised we haven't seen more things like this because, like, we had the like online Grand Prix very early, right? And then that's kind of gone away. The SCG Tour did a thing for a while. I don't know if they're. You don't have to answer this, but I don't know if they're doing anything in the future. I, uh, they don't. They don't tell me things. Yeah, Channel uh, Fireball's doing know, a thing right now where they're doing something similar. The, the CFB Pro Showdown, yeah. but it's all on Arena. But now we've seen that you can succeed running these online events on MTGO and do very well. The thing is, so, is like I think they can try and they will, and then it's going to have a problem like it always does, and we'll see. Yeah, right. But that, that's yeah. I'm actually. Should we be impressed that they're running these huge moto events and yes. that it hasn't crashed? Yes, like just, <laughs> yes, no BS. That's I think that's the biggest thing is like it handled a tournament of the size and went off well. Like this is awesome, you know. So. Yeah, I, I, it had been so long since we were in that era where you just expected moto to crash and yeah. have all these big Every events box because they just crashed. Yeah, yeah, they just they just changed like the structure of events so that like it, there were multiple smaller events instead of one big one. But then I'm. Man, I, I guess they must have they must have been doing some some maintenance or upkeep work on on Moto, some some spring cleaning of the architecture there, um, to to make it work. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a software person, so computers mystify and frustrate me. Yeah, anything new, anything different. Ross just hates it and yells at it. Yeah, like that's why I have an abacus on my wall. I use sundials to tell the time. Mm-hmm. This is you why know. he actually doesn't drive y'all. He doesn't like I, I When engines. I walk to SCG to work, I use a sextant to make sure I'm going in the right direction. Anyway. <laughs> so I, I think overall, a just hugely successful event. And yes, I do think things more things will happen in the future. And yeah. I hope they do. You know, hope, and, hopefully and that opens up potential for Pioneer. Like we said, the format needs an injection. Hopefully we get, you know, some events and people working on that. Yeah. And so uh, the next thing we want to talk about was something you wanted to bring up today. We had a little bit of a chat about. And this is the MPL split, which is coming up this mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. The first of seven. 
I believe. Don't ask me to answer questions and, of this because I do not know when it comes to MPL and rivals. I get I get uh, nuggets from Corey when you know we're just chatting during verses. He's doing commentary. He, yeah, he's doing commentary, so he he knows, right? Uh, and that they're they're going to have everybody streaming, so you can watch every match. And it's something like four hundred matches, and it's they'll all get recorded. Yeah. But there's only going to be they're only doing coverage themselves for six feature matches each day. So there's not a ton of official coverage from Watsi, but there's a lot of just like this is happening on individual streamers' channels and everything, which I think is really cool. Um, and it was funny that the the first round of feature matches for the MPL split was just like all friends paired against each other. So it was Brad and BBD, Javier and Andrea, who are close, uh, the two Frenchies, Nasif and Levy, and the rivals, and. Um, it kept going. Uh, it was two Japanese pros paired against each other, and uh, there was another one too. It's and like rivalry week for college football. It, yeah, it was literally like yeah, it was like it was basically rivalry week uh, for the, for the MPL, which I, I don't know if that was you know on purpose, whether it can be, I don't know. But my big question for the UTAN and for the MPL split is: Do you care? If you'd asked me any other time in history of MPL, I'd have given you a resounding no. Yeah, for this one, and I think ninety percent of the community would have also said that. And for this one, I'm going to say a yes, and it's because of optimism, right? And you know, we talked about this, and I want to play arena more than just draft. I want to. I want to play standard. So, so this is optimism around the the standard format. Yes, this is this is where I'm going with this. Is like, I uh, I honestly don't care that much about the MPL stuff because to me, it represents things that I cannot achieve and do readily in Magic, and like it's. We talked about this. I'm not going to go into, into depth. This there's there's so many reasons why I don't like certain things and things that they can change, right? And that's a long thing that we could talk about. And I'll even say one of my ideas about changing things here in just a minute. But like, so here's the thing. Uh, I am excited about it this week because hope springs eternal. I think that's the, I think that's the uh, the theme of this week's show. And I want to see where they landed for for standard and hopefully there's a deck that speaks to me like and you know exactly what i mean you see a deck list and you like run to your fucking computer or you run to your uh i have said the f word a lot in this episode or you run to your collection to sleeve up a deck right because you're like this is this is totally my shit you know and like if there's a deck like that i am going to play it like crazy and then i'll finally actually compete in one of those things on uh, arena you know the the tournaments they have i forgot what they're called the, 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 the arena open yeah, the arena opens. I'll finally end. Because that's next weekend. Yeah. And if, if I like one, design. yeah, if I like one, I'll do my normal amount of testing, meaning I'll play like five matches and be like, yeah, I'm done. I'm good enough. And then I'll play in the tournament because you know me, I don't actually test and stuff. And if I do, y'all are all in big, big trouble. But no, anyway, I'm joking. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that you was always test for everyone else's benefit. Yeah. That was always the joke of BCW. It's like if I had any work ethic whatsoever, I'd probably actually win a goddamn tournament. But, uh, but anyway, so. I'm just excited to see what, what comes out. It's not just 80% the same deck, you know what I mean? Or like functionally the same deck. And if it's, if it's a cool diverse format and there's decks that I like, like, yeah, I'll play, I'll be into it. Cause like, I've joked about this on the show. I am arena rich. I have so much stuff on there. I can play whatever the hell I want. So I'm excited about that thought. I will say this. I, I don't, I talked to you about this before the show. I don't like offering criticism without having some. How, hold on. How, how arena rich are you? I think I have like 175 rare wild cards, like 140 mythics. My vault progress is at like 1900% or something like that. So I pretty much have like 200 of every wild card of rare and mythic. Okay, because 
There was a tweet. I'm nowhere near as good as Voxy or Vox or whatever. No, Voxy. She she has 994. She's got me crushed. But also 458 mythic. Hey, she ever uh, ever crafted a card ever? I don't think so. She literally only plays limited. Yeah. So like, I I pretty much only play limited, but I do play stuff. I do own decks. You know, I do randomly you know create stuff. Anyway, um, that's that's impressive. you're arena middle class. No, 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 no. I'm arena rich. She's Oprah rich. She's like, <laughs> yeah, she's, arena she's like, Oprah. I'm a millionaire. She's a billionaire. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so we're just hey, big houses. Hers is just, you know, a lot bigger than mine, you know, kind of thing. Whatever. Anyway, it's not a competition, Ross. This is not a size contest. You should know to not incorporate yourself in those. Anyway. Ooh, I love you, buddy. I love you, buddy. Um, it's perfectly average. You're good. Um, anyway, uh what i was trying to say is like i hate being like critical of things without having maybe some form of like um constructive criticism or something you know to go along the lines and it has baffled me and i get it man one of the main complaints people have is about is about the the resource system on there right like there's no dust system like you have on arena like i mean sorry on uh on hearthstone and if like you just don't have something like it's hard for you to get exactly what it is you want here's the thing this weekend, right? Big showcase for them. Big MPL showcase. They want people to, to play arena. It'll be all over their broadcast. They'll have the links everywhere. What if, what if, you know, Ali Warfield is your favorite player, right? And if I had to guess a deck that she's playing, it's probably like Golgari Adventures or something along those lines. You know, one of the decks that's very Ali. Like she might, you know, she's it could be wrong. Probably playing something with Yorian. In it. Yeah, or something with Yorian, something like that, right? I think she said she audible at the last second. She's probably trying to play Golgari Adventures, but like, let's say. That means she probably moved from one Yorian deck to another one. There's like right. four different Yorian Or decks. okay, let's let's put this. You like Emma, right? And uh, since they just came off of crushing a tournament with a pretty unique deck and some unique styles, and you really like her deck, why isn't there something in the client where you could find your favorite player and either a buy sleeves that has like MPL Emma on it or something, right? Remember when uh who was it Ultra Pro that did this for their team? Maybe there's something like that that they can do. Or, Genesis, ha- Genesis did that. Yeah, Genesis. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, yeah. Or, why can't you just buy their deck? Like, it's X amount of gems or whatever. You just get their deck. Yeah, maybe you have some of the cards or whatever, but, like, who cares, right? Like, it's like the, um, what was the in-store thing they did where they gave you a deck with a sideboard? I forgot what they were called, but they did this a little bit. Are you talking about pre-cons? Yeah, no, no, no. Or, like or the, are you talking the, about the World Championship decks? No, the very recent ones they did. They did them in-store. It was, like, literally standard decks with sideboards. You could play it straight out of the box. Oh, um... Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm Event talking about? Event decks? Event decks, maybe this is what they were called, yeah. Sorry, you're like, I, I, I couldn't hear you at all during that, but... um. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll like, sit up, I'll sit no, up. No, 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 it has to do with my mic, like, uh, muting you when I'm talking or something, so if we talk over each other, I have zero chance to hear you or whatever, but anyway, um, that's why I, I like to watch you talk, you know, I like to watch, but... Man, we're getting. I like to watch me talk too. Yeah, I know, right? I got a pretty mouth. But anyway, uh, so God, man, I am going off this episode. What is up with me? What happened? But anyway, um, it's kind of like you know, why don't we have that? And like, yeah, just make them a little bit cheaper than you think they should be. So like, a more people will get it, and b like they don't feel as bad about buying duplicates. Or well, do hold, the hold on though, or, no, no, or do the duplicate thing where like when you open a duplicate of a pack, you get twenty gems or whatever. Just throw people a freaking bone. It's like, really easy. One. That to me does. I, I think the sleeve idea, especially after seeing everybody go nuts for these fucking the lands. Like, lands that they just put on Arena yeah. today. Um, I think the sleeve like idea is great, but as far as like decks, like it's very easy for them to like get the deck list, copy and paste it, load it into Arena. Like all that functionality is there, and then and then craft it if if they want to do that. So they don't need to have something else built in. Also. Is that what's really stopping somebody like you? Because you just admitted that you're only really interested because 
uh, you know, you think the standard environment has a chance to actually be good and fun. So you're still not really invested in the MPL itself. No, 100% as a you're product. right. 100% you're right. But I'm going to tell you this. The most valuable customer to someone like Wizards and Watsy is uh, okay, obviously there's the people that are entrenched and just buy everything, yeah. but the most valuable customer is the new one. Getting sure. in fresh blood. Getting someone in there that hasn't had yeah. any yet and that's going to pour a big initial thing into it. And then uh, be a, I wouldn't say like it there's it, Retention, I think, is just as important for yeah. the most part. As, That's what I'm saying. As I'm, not, I'm not trying to say it's, it's more important than anything I'm saying, but it's one of the most important things is getting new people. And obviously, retention is a big thing. But if you're constantly bringing in new people, it helps. It helps with all that other stuff too. Yeah. Do we do we have an idea of what that segment of the Magic playing population feels about the MPL? Are they interested in it? Do they follow it? It doesn't seem like it thus far. But are they, you know, maybe we'll see better numbers this weekend. But there's a lot of people that play Magic and play on Mintio that don't play in Arena or complain about something. I'm saying, maybe just have the option. And look, look, this is literally me spitballing right now. I haven't sat down and crushed the numbers. But like, Watsy, if you're listening to this, I don't know if anyone at Watsy listens to this. Look, you can email me. It's tanagrace at gmail.com. It's easy. I got some ideas and I'm willing to do more. It's not hard to have a Zoom call with me. You will pay me for my time, but uh, it's, it's, it's not hard. I've done some marketing in the past. I've worked on a bunch of gaming stuff. Like, I, I got some ideas. We can figure some stuff out. Even if it's just me, like, hey, look, if you want to run some ideas by me, and I might have a, a reason why they might not work, because I think you've needed that in your company for a while, too. You know? And I, I got to say this. Overall, I think they've done a great job. Because here's the thing. I, I'm sort of caring about this MPL when I didn't in the past. Yeah. But again, you said that that's because just because Standard has come back around. So I think they want people to be interested in the MPL because of the MPL. I found that that has left something more. Than, maybe it's just me, but I found like that has left something more than lacking. It's less than yeah. desire. Like I'm not super invested in the result. Like not really invested at all in the results of the MPL. I'm, I'll probably tune in a bit this weekend just because I like seeing high level magic, and I'm also a little bit interested in standard. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you, but I'm not, you know, really hyped about the MPL. And maybe that's because of just my relationship with magic. You know, when I'm when I'm interacting with magic it's usually from the competitor side of things i suppose and it's hard to be both a competitor and a fan i think you know or no, at least agreed. It's, it's hard for me agreed it changes it for sure yeah yeah it just changes how, how you relate to the game then the, the thing i would like to see them do and i think it's what made the pro tour work well for a while was when uh and Bear with me, this is going somewhere a little bit different. But when the, when the Pro Tours were tied to a set release, the format was, um, was you know, new slash fresh almost every time. And, the, you know, some, you knew something interesting was going to happen. And, uh, you know, there was a chance that people who were participating in the Pro Tour were going to break it or come up with something novel that was really fun to watch and do well. And, the, and then, you know, there would be fallout that, you know, decks that did well at the Pro Tour would become bad in a week or two and the metagame would become refined and all, all that stuff would happen. But I think that hype going into the tournament was important, um, even though that's also related to the format. But it did help, you know, build the uh, the product itself, you know, separate from the formats. And I think the way they can, one way they can do that with the MPL is to invent novel formats for them to be playing. And then allow those formats to be on Arena for a brief period of time after the split. I think I've said that like multiple times on the show, right? Like 
create a format for them. Give them something new because I agree with you. I think the Pro Tour is at its best when I was like... Maybe not a completely brand new format, but some... Like, give them some restrictions in how they build the decks. Fresh format. That's, that that, you know, something slightly different, like... Uh, you, hey, you you can play uh standard this week, uh, next month. It's singleton. Good luck. You know, get the commander players interested into it. You know, what I mean, like singleton yeah. type decks. You know, things like that. It's just something cool and good and fun that these people and then like put it up, put an event on uh, arena with it, right? Like people yeah. might have some fun with that. Like just and freshen that's fun it up for players too, right? Yeah. Like play, uh, and you know, who knows? You might eventually get to a format that's so popular that it becomes you know an actual a, format, a, an actual format. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. yeah, that, that's not hard to do. I think it's a great idea. Like, I, you know, we, yeah, we both talked th- about There's this just before. so much more they can do than just having them play some standard. And, you know, it's not like these these four, these four novel formats would also sell booster packs. Yeah. You know, you're not having them play, you know, I don't know, fucking uh, invasion block constructed, right? <laughs> Kavu's, let's go. <laughs> Kavu tribal. But yeah, uh, like it's... Machine Head was invasion block constructed. Dude, and, I don't... And the I solution. I didn't play in that format. Come it's on. Visa- Neither did I, but I, I know the history. Mm-hmm. Have some respect for the game, Tannen. So, I apologize. I apologize. I, I, I'm sorry. I can only apologize and ask for forgiveness. Four main deck voice of all. Let's go. All right, it, that sounds awful. But anyway, um, yeah, like I think that idea is great. It's easily easily doable, right? Like this doesn't cr- take an, a huge undertaking on their part. Yeah, you need some like a creative team to you know come up with you, ideas. You've got that and in place already. Yeah, and that's a well, and yeah. So you need to like stress that resource a bit, uh, and I imagine their resources are pretty stressed right now because of COVID. Um, but this is something that like feels like they should have been doing, you know, two years ago. Because mm-hmm. like I think the point you said is just having them play the same format over and over and over again has just been very lame duck. Yeah, especially a because they're not tying it to the set release, so it's you know a month into the a solved format, format instead of two sucks. or three weeks. Yeah, yeah. And even at this point, like, if they had had a pro tour of this format, it would have been horrible Omnath nonsense. Yeah. So, you know, not even, you know, you would have to do something really novel. That was my favorite part of the pro tour, by the way. Obviously, tuning in to watch the the goats play high-level magic was awesome, but I couldn't wait to see what, like, the big, you know, the brewer teams and, like, the cool stuff, like, the decks they had. That's pro tour shadows over Innistrad with, you know, the the gruel goggles deck that Brad top-aided with, Seth's heinous Esper control deck that was just one of the worst decks I've ever seen, and he just top eights the Pro Tour anyway because he's, he's unbelievably Seth. good. Yeah. yeah, the the eventual winning Selesnya Tokens deck, uh, you know, the the Seasons Past Grindy Rock deck. Now, like that top eight had that top eight was stacked with great players, right? And not a great deck of all time. <laughs> and it was but it was also just eight interesting decks where like every match on the top eight was different, you know and yeah like the, a lot of those decks ended up being bad two weeks later uh but it was super fun that weekend as much as it kind of sucks i do remember the mad scramble for cards too right after pro tours or like trying to get your pre-order in right after a pro tour and you're like hoping to get it in before the the big pri- price spike yeah 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 and you're trying you're also like trying to be a little secretive about it yeah. but ultimately like you don't care that much yeah <laughs> Oh man, there's there's some good times with it, and like I missed that, and like now it's just like, oh well, we know what they're gonna be playing because the format's fucking solved. And that's just nostalgia. So uh, I'm not gonna get too caught up in in those things. You know, that's nostalgia for those of us that played those tournaments. But yeah, like there's nothing there's nothing special about the MPL. Like they're just playing Magic, and they're playing with like a sort of ambiguous amount on the line, right? And and that's kind of a problem, right? You know. If, if every week they played some huge cash tournament that, you know, 
or or if the MPL was literally just like, okay, you're you're in the MPL for the year, and they're like they give them invites to some big tournaments, and at the end of the year there was some like just a, the MPL tournament, which they they are doing as well. But if that was like the only thing, everybody would watch it, and that determined who stayed and who went in the MPL. And I imagine like that end of the year stuff when they determine like which MPL players stay, which go. Same with rivals, that people will watch because there's a lot on the line, and it's obvious what's on the line. Here it's like. I think they're playing for some money and they're playing for like advantages to stay in or not. But, you know, it's not like if you do really well on one weekend, you're locked. So it you need some other, you know, hook to develop intrigue and generate interest going into it. I would assume, you know, far be it for me to, you know, tell them how to advertise and, and do all this. This is far outside of my area of expertise, but, you know... It seems like they need something else going on with it, and I like novel formats. I think I think that would be great. Like you know the, the Pascal Maynard's company or one he's associated set with set roulette. Are you about to go uh, with this? Yeah, the set roulette tournaments they've they've been playing are super popular. People like get they like watch for the announcement and start testing that weird format. Yeah, I think it's I, cool. I actually, uh, Jim Davis frequently streams them, and I'll lurk a, a little bit. Yeah. And this past weekend, he, he was like, sort of expressing some lament, like being like, yeah, like I, I obviously just don't have time. He's so busy, like with his house and the kid and all the stuff he does, all the work he does on, on his stream and everything that like he, he can't sit down and test for a tournament like that. But he loves playing them like he would prefer if they just announced it like the day before or hours before and he would just get to brew deck immediately. Right. Um, instead, he just feels like really far behind. But they're, they're still so fun that he plays them and he streams them like those tournaments are, are relatively popular. Uh, that, that's something that, you know, let's, let's do cool, just cool stuff that really, and that stuff is also really skill testing, like giving that the MPL 24 people, you know, a new format and a week to figure it out. Good luck. That is difficult. Yeah. And like, that's really gonna, that's gonna actually like serve a good purpose for you. It's going to keep the highest level players in the MPL. because they're going to perform well over those samples as opposed to just standard where like, you know, Everybody can, you know, there's just so much information about it, right? And it's so iterative that it becomes, you know, more playing by rote and a little bit less creative, you know, the same way you sort of chess. It, it rewards a different skill in the game that we haven't rewarded in a while, right? That, that is true. But I, th- yeah. I think it ultimately is a better skill to reward. Yeah. Okay. Everyone did. Uh, so that's something cool to talk about. Let's talk about something that's not so cool that happened last week. I'm going to yeah. let you lead this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this was the other, you know, big topic of discussion in the community this week. So we felt compelled to, to talk about it ourselves. But it is the issue with the, um, let's say, the secret layer photo. Yes, the secret layer of photoshopped cards um, that you know were just flat out racist and were eventually shared in a judge Discord, mm-hmm. uh, the Judge Academy Discord, and the the fallout from that. And uh, the first thing. The response from them is just horrible, right? There's so many little things in here that, you know, deflect responsibility. It's very lawyered up in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, very PR, right? So that, from the beginning, you know, was bad. And uh, and then the, the other issue, and... Uh, the other, yeah, the other issue at hand is there's a lot of people that always try to um, sort of compartmentalize 
and say there is like a racist segment of the community as though it's this sort of tumor growing on yeah. the magic community that we just need to excise as opposed to something that, that permeates the entire thing. Um, and it's, a, again, a way of like, you know, ameliorating blame and responsibility. And that I want to be very clear that we need to stop doing that. So I'm going to address white people in the magic community. Um, and there's a few things. And I know, you know, I'm often vocal about uh, these issues, um, even outside the magic community. Uh, I'm actually not as vocal as I probably should be inside the magic community. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll work on that. But there's a few things that I often see from uh, uh, from us that I want to address and bring up. And, the fir- and I've got a, a, a little list prepared. And the first one is don't distance yourself or try to isolate yourself from your whiteness. I see a lot of people, you know, try to get in and, you know, talk about how shitty white people are as though they're not white. And it doesn't really, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, you're white, you benefit from whiteness. You know, it's our responsibility to, you know, uh, act in such a way that, that helps ultimately to dismantle white supremacy. Um, and you know, you don't, one, you like you don't get points for doing these things. Like this is the bare minimum, and uh, and that uh, that's the expectation. And uh, two, like you know, th- there is never a point where like you become the good white person, right? I, I feel like there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of us that that our only goal is to just be like, okay, what do I have to do to be the good white person, and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. Like you have to worry about this every day, because. Uh, Black people sure as hell have to worry about it every day. And you should be worrying about it every day and, you know, checking yourself every day. This is not like a, you know, okay, I've done X, Y, and Z. I've, I've fulfilled my commitment. Now I can continue living my life and and you can't you know, say anything about it. I've done my, you know, I've been an ally. What a shitty word, but, um, or I guess term, uh, the word itself is fine. It's just the terminology. Um, so the next thing on my list is to resist the sort of performative and self-aggrandizing dunking on people who are openly racist. This often happens on Twitter where you're like, just quote tweeting them. Like one, you generally shouldn't be, you know, giving attention to them. Calling them out in a reply, perfectly fine, right? But what, once you start quote tweeting them, it sort of like puts the spotlight on you. Yeah, you're, you're, you're adding your voice to it, whether it be in a positive or negative way, it's, it's still giving your platform to what they're doing. Yeah, and, and uh, again, putting putting the spotlight on you. And then the there's a couple th- the next couple things are the really important ones, and it, it's uh, it's the it sort of comes down to I have this is not a a court of law, so I guess I'll start with like you're gonna fuck up, right? You have a internalized anti-blackness. You're gonna fuck up at some point. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. So we're all going to fuck up, right? And oftentimes the the reaction to that when you do fuck up is to, you know, be really apologetic and try to put the, uh, and, and try to um, reinforce that you had good intentions, right? Your intentions don't matter. Or at the very at best, they matter very, very little. It's the impact of what you do and what you say that matters. 
And it's your responsibility to ensure that the impact of what you do and say is positive. That is your responsibility. And it, again, you don't get points for doing it in a positive way. That's what that's the, that's the expectation. That's the baseline. So you should be working to do that. And yeah, that, that doesn't mean like don't apologize when you fuck up, but you, like you know you should. And but you know you should make an honest effort, you know yourself, and don't make you know a big performance out of it to you know interrogate the internalized you know anti-blackness. I, I'm focusing on race here because that's what came up, but this goes for you know every other axis of oppression as well. And then so impact greater than intent, and then the other important thing is that we we don't get the benefit of the doubt. Right. You know, maybe at some point you're granted it and that that's a good like you should appreciate that. But you shouldn't expect to be given the the benefit of the doubt. We shouldn't be expect to be given the benefit of the doubt. Um, So, you know, for that's that's just the reality of the situation. That's our responsibility. So do that. And uh, the last thing that I want to say is that. um the I you know you you see a I often I often see people who are just like well what should I do they're just kind of lost and one of the things that I think is easy to do and that we should all be doing is self educating right there's a lot of information about these issues both within the confines of the magic community and outside of it you know you should be reading the things that uh, you know black people write about the anti-blackness within the magic community and then outside of it, you know, historically there's a, a huge wealth of it. You can read women racing class by Angela Davis. You can read Asada Shakur's autobiography. You can read the autobiography of Malcolm X. You can read, uh, you know, histories by Walter Rodney, who was a Guyanese historian. I have, you know, there's a long list of, of things you can read and other resources you can study. Uh, you know, if, reading is difficult for you. I'm sure you can get audiobooks and like, you know, there's essentially no excuse not to be better educated on these issues. And as you get better educated, you, you'll find that it becomes easier to navigate and figure out what you should be doing. Right. You know, I, I'm, uh, it's not that long that I've been taking these issues seriously and self-educating myself. And I feel much more comfortable, you know, operating autonomously than I did a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. But like that, you know, in in order to actually interrogate your internalized anti-blackness, you know, uh, internalized misogyny, all of these axes, you you really do have to put forth effort and study. And that's something you should be doing on your own. And and then you have to really be honest with yourself. So um, obviously, like, you know, this is shit. I don't want to make some like big hole uh, proclamation about how you know we've got to do better, but like not our place. Just yeah, yeah just just care, just care. Yeah, and if you care, like you you do these things. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I could have said it better. In fact, I know I could not have said it better. Good job, Ross. I'm proud of you. I, I sure. Well, I mean, it was, it was good. I support yeah. you. Like I I believe in the, the message. And uh, we, we should be doing that. Anyway. Um, I, I was happy to see that our Discord channel was free of any horrible conversation of... That would have been met with some very swift response. Yes. Yeah, I, I made sure to quickly go through and, and check for anything uh, horrible. Penis, yeah. So you wanna, we got yeah. a nice community in our Discord. That's good. Yeah, our, I'll say the shout out to our Discord. Yeah, if you're not in it, you're listening to the show, join it. But everybody, everybody at home that's listening to this right now, home, work, car running around your neighborhood with your 
you know, your, your shorts and stuff and you got your earphones and whatever. Y'all are awesome. This is like the most wholesome Discord I've ever been a part of. Y'all are like 99% of the time really, really positive and like, look, that 1% is completely fine. I need to bitch and complain sometimes too or whatever, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm definitely way more than 99 to 1% positive and negative in my regular life. If anything, I'm closer to 99 one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're the curmudgeon. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, like it, it, it's a safe space. Like you, you can come and vent in there. Just, you know, be respectful, you know, especially of what you're going to talk about, et cetera, et cetera. Just remember that other people are human beings too. show them respect, treat them the way you like treat people the way you want to be treated. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not hard to respect other people, you know, just do it, you know, kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, shout out to our, our discord community and our moderators and everything. Y'all have been, y'all have been on point. It's been pretty great. Um, speaking of our community, I got a package in the mail today from Barrister and Man. Did you? Um, I didn't check my mail today. So, so here, this is pretty cool from them. This is our sp- one of our sponsors, by the way. We talk about in the show quite a bit. I'm a big fan of their stuff. Um, I like this because obviously it's great to get stuff, but even when I don't order stuff, they still send me stuff. And usually I know it's coming because I see the the order in like my mail. Or whatever, and this one just showed up. They just surprised me, right? I got three new uh, hand soaps out of here, so I'm I'm super excited about that. And I'm gonna try one of those out, like real hand soap, body soap type stuff. I'm gonna be trying some of that like real, real soon. But um, have you? I saw you playing with it early. Have you gotten a chance to to use the brush? Oh no, I, I saw you playing with the brush. Are you still haven't used it? I'm telling you, I literally just use it as a fidget spinner, and it's great. <laughs> you suck. It's, it's on my desk. Just try it. Yeah, well, as you can probably see, I haven't I haven't shaved in a while, Tana. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'll probably aware. shave again next week. Yeah, just just do it. It's, it's not hard. Hopefully, I'll remember to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say so some pretty cool stuff to talk about with them. Uh, I, again, I'm super in love with their products. One of my friends, uh, I tried out some of stuff the other day, I'm and he's actually so like, excited to get the beard oil. If I have a package from them, yeah. I, I it better be in it. Yeah, the beard oil. I'm actually super excited about it. If they send me some, um, if they send me some, I'm actually gonna let one of my friends try it out. He's got like a a full-time beard I'm, I'm a part-time beard right you know sometimes sometimes i'm working sometimes i'm not you know kind of thing but you know it's more like you who keeps a beard all the time i'm gonna let him try it out see see how much he likes it or whatever and kind of report back uh but we'll see you know um i'm, I'm super excited for that kind of stuff um i do think their ho- some of their halloween stuff is live like they had some halloween flavored scents and soaps and stuff like that so so if you're into the festive stuff you know i'll, I'll, I'll tell you this I used to be like kind of a Scrooge and not get into holidays. I'm kind of kind of turning a new leaf a little bit, so I'm excited to try some of the, uh, the newer fragrances and the, and the newer stuff like that. And I will be making some orders myself here sometime soon. I'm I'm giving out some of their stuff as gifts. So it is the holiday season coming up. If you need some good gift ideas, I would for that special guy in your life, special girl in your life, whatever. I mean, a lot of stuff's unisex. There's some definitely some guy stuff on this, but there's some unisex stuff. So if you need a gift for somebody, this is a pretty good one. Like I'm gonna get the um, one of my buddies just got married. I'm gonna get the like a shaving kit for him, or whatever, because like he shaves every day for work, and he's a, he's like me, he's like a hairy dude, so he's got to go through it. I'm like, dude, it's just the best shave I've ever had in my life. This is great. So. I'm going to send some of that stuff to him. If you do want to purchase some of their stuff, check out their site. It's Barrister and Man. Make sure you use the code Pioneer Podcast. I'm sorry, Pioneer Cast. It's just Pioneer Cast. You get 15% off on your orders. Save you a few bucks. Uh, try out some stuff. I mean, it's more than shipping is going to be for sure, right? So get some free... Depends uh, where you are. Yeah, yeah. Get some get some cool, cheaper stuff. I imagine if stuff. they're shipping it to Vanuatu, it's, it's probably... Yeah, probably doesn't of course. Make up the difference. Of course you'd bring that up. But we you, have a very large audience in Vanuatu. Oh, yeah, for real. Uh, did I... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like Laos. I was the number one rated player in Laos for like multiple years because they had me in there for some reason. But uh, how they put the I think Laos's country code might be L.A. Well, my state code is L.A. and they might have done that. OK, OK, that makes sense. I tried to figure it out. I sat there like one day trying to figure out how yeah. the hell I ended up in Laos. But I was like the number one player in Laos for all. Anyway, um, but yeah, well, definitely. Congratulations. Did you get invited to Worlds? I did not. <laughs> I, you have to be an actual uh, you have to have citizenship, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's how, like, Godenis got to be captain of the Lithuanian team. And- yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people. Um, anyway, make sure... Here's a nice little tangent there. Uh, make sure you check out their website, check out their products. Uh, like I said, a big fan. Uh, holiday season coming up. Great gift ideas. What percentage of our audience do you think understands what I just said? Um, 10% or less. That, that's where I was, too. Maybe 5%. I mean, I got it Im- immediately, obviously. Or yeah, yeah. Than- yeah, you're older than I am. Of course you Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, so... Just another reminder to our audience. Tannen mm-hmm. is older than I am. I, yeah, sure. So just so they know, yeah, by several years, you might not expect that by looking at the two of us. Yeah, so uh, definitely check out their stuff. <laughs> I'm just trying to respond. I'm trying to figure out how to respond, and I just can't. You've thrown me for such a loop here. Just dead quiet. I, I had all this stuff on the side that I was going to talk about with Barrister Man. Like you've just completely thrown me. Like I'm just like completely out of sorts. But uh, make sure you like uh, make sure you try their stuff. They got a new uh, new formula on the cootie killer stuff. I'm a big fan of that for hand soaps. It uh, dries out like less on the skin, so that's a big deal for me because I think I've told you with how how often I'm using this stuff nowadays. Like in this COVID world, yeah, I'm drying my hands more often and like and just hand hand sanitizer is the real the real killer that dries your shit out. Yeah, so and so any, I'm trying not to use that stuff all the time. Get. Right, this is a good alternative, you know. So I uh, guess up there again, Barrister and Man, check them out. Pioneer Cast, fifteen percent off. Buy their shit. I'm also going to buy it and stuff. So uh, I, I feel like we should probably put a tweet. I'll probably put a tweet out sometime this week. So the the if you're real, real lazy, hopefully you'll check the Twitter and see the link right then and there. So make sure you check that out. Um, Ross, if people wanted to hear more of your rants, hear you talk about more of this off weird stuff, where would they go? Where would they find you? First place is my Twitter account. I am at Ross Hunneds. That's R-O-S-S-H-U-N-N-E-D-S. That's your one-stop shop for all of my content and a good place to ask me questions about basically anything. Uh, then there's my written content on Star City Games that typically goes up on Tuesdays. I actually took the week off from my article. Just didn't really have... Uh, there are just like days where I wake up to write an article and nothing really comes. And I'm fortunate to, you know, have the ability to just be like, yeah, Cedric, mind if I just take this week off? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, so I'll be back next week. Uh, and if you're wondering where that was, it, it is not coming. Uh, I am doing this week's Factor Fiction, though. I submitted those earlier today. So if you like the Factor Fictions. I believe I'm with Dom Harvey and Paolo? Definitely Dom. I think Paolo was the third, but I'm not sure. How does it feel to be uh, the worst player in the factor fictions. I frequently am. Yeah. So. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> this is from the guy who always wanted to be the worst player on all of his teams and was often that. So that was nice. Yeah. I'm just saying that we don't, we don't do the, the voting system anymore for them. Didn't Patrick just win them all. If there was any vote. So that's what I was going to say. I am the only person to have defeated Patrick in a factor fiction. And I did it soundly. And I did it with many memes. You, how much did you? How much did he make off of it? Did he get to bet on himself and throw the match? Because that had to be that had to be the thing. I mean, there was no there was no bet on it between anyone that I knew. But speaking of bets and sports, since it's a little more normalized now, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, uh, Cedric Phillips is posting all of his sports bets like I every did day. See that? Well, uh, when it came to you know the Dodgers Braves series, him and Patrick Sullivan were, were talking to me a good bit. 
during the thing. And me and Patrick had some real good conversations about that and like hot mic incidents. There's, you know, another hot mic incident recently and stuff. And so we had some good funny stuff for that. I, I miss those two. I miss getting yeah. to spend the weekends with them on the, the SEG tour and stuff, you know, or watch them and stuff. Someday our princes will come, Tannen. Mm-hmm. Someday. Okay. Then there is uh, Versus Live, the web show I do twice a week. If you sort missed of. today's, it didn't actually happen because of power outage. Yeah. Um, sort of. But Corey Baumeister and I are on the Star City Games Twitch channel, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesdays and Thursdays, playing you know whatever we think is relevant. We got a cool idea that's coming down the pipeline. Uh, it's going to be one of the shows towards the end of the year. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a cool, cool thing going on that we're in the middle of planning right now. Um, but for now, just, you know, playing the things that are competitive and people are focused on good amount of standard, a little bit of modern pepper and some of the other formats. And we take questions live from the audience. If you can't watch us live, uh, then you can catch it on the star city games, YouTube channel. They go up the next day, uh, towards the end of the day, I think 5 PM, uh, Eastern. And then there is my stream. I haven't streamed a lot recently, but I promise I'll stream this weekend. Um, and uh, <laughs> I am Ross underscore Miriam on yes. Twitch. Yes. Right? There's an underscore? Yep. I always forget. Um, you should really just give me 10% at this point because I'm practically your manager. Uh, well, PR person. It's, it's 10% of not a whole lot of money, Tannen. <laughs> hey, 10% of non-zero is a non-zero amount. That's all I'm saying. That is a, that is a truth fact. You owe me dozens of dollars. Dozens. <laughs> well, if I gave you 10% of everything Twitch has sent me, it would be a significant sum, but... Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I'm making our money off Twitch. There was a uh, uh, that reminds me of a. I was I was watching Spike Aspiring Spike stream this morning before I went in for verses, and uh, he was like trying to make a dry math joke about how he like did the math and one is greater than zero, but that's actually like a non-obvious mathematical fact. In the real numbers, it's obvious. But what most people don't realize is that zero and one are really special numbers because they're the additive and multiplicative identities. And so they get used in algebra as the symbols for the additive and multiplicative identities of any uh, space that has those identities, Uh, you know, a ring or, or, uh, I should just say a ring. Um, And in a, you know, in an ordered field, which is a special kind of ring, a field is a special kind of ring and an ordered field, you know, a field where you can order them uh the fact that one has one actually has to be greater than zero so that the multiplicative identity has to be greater than the additive identity that's like a you know that's a thing that you have to prove i like math i just zoned out for like that entire part so you know (laughs) yeah yeah everybody zones out when i start talking about can you finish your finish your spiel let's let's do this i did i'm done oh you're done so the the aside was after the spiel is is it my turn yeah, I guess so. If you want, if you want. <laughs> yeah, y'all can find me on Twitter at the Tannen Grace. Uh, on Twitch, I am just Tannen Grace. Haven't been that active lately, but we'll see after this weekend. Hopefully, I get the the desire to, to play some standard and learn. I definitely would love for y'all to tune into the first couple episodes. I mean, the first couple episodes, the first couple of shows that I do or t- streams that I do of of standard. Because if you really want to watch me bumble my way through a format when I don't know what cards are legal or what they do, that's always <laughs> that's always real fun. Someone's gonna cast something and be like, "That's still legal," You're like, or or I'm gonna play around some card that is, isn't legal. It's like, um, remember you put up an article earlier this year for like a deck in a new format, 
And I remember I messaged you because I read it right when you posted it. And I was like, hey, man, spell Pearson is illegal. And you just re- responded with motherfucker or whatever. Like, because he just like posted a list on Sardin Games that just was not legal or whatever. It was like really funny. That, and I'm that like, happens like once a year. That's, I would that's say. me. That's me to a T is what I'm saying. So, but all right. So if you if you wanted to find my personal stuff, that's where it is. Uh, let me pull up the uh, the notes I have for the show because I'm, I'm bad and can't remember this. I do it every week uh, for the show itself. Twitter's at Cast Pioneer for now. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitter. Follow us. We retweet a lot of cool deck lists, retweet a lot of stuff, but all the announcements for our show go through there as well. So anytime a new episode is up, you can find it on there, um, et cetera, et cetera. On our Twitter, there's a link to our Discord. We mentioned it earlier. Make sure you check it out. I'm a big fan of it. I check it multiple times a day. Love that stuff. Um, I'm getting a lot of good recipes out of the food section because let's be real, I'm cooking at home a lot right now. Also, we have a Patreon. Um, all the support that we get for Patreon, we really, really appreciate all of you. And you will have some more rewards coming in the future once we realize what name we're going to change the show to. Um, we'll even send you some of the old rewards, too, since we've had them forever. And we knew that we were probably going to be doing this, so we needed to, like, change some stuff up. we got some more fun stuff in the works. Plus, they get to ask questions on the show, which I forgot to even look if we had any now that I'm, now that I'm mentioning it. Uh, we do have a mailbag uh, that we do every, every week for the show. And then we have um, a special episode every about month and a half to two episodes where we do it just we for the Patreon. We have to answer mailbag questions. We do have to. Do you want to do them or do you want to save them for next week? We can do them real quick. Yeah, let's do them real quick. All right. There's only two. Cool. And so, for everybody from the Patreon, thanks for checking it out. That's at patreon.com slash pioneercast. The first question is from our lovely editor. And if he does some work, let's, let's maybe. Let's do the second one first because that's going to be okay. That's going to be quick. We'll see. Uh, but Brent, or uh, you want to ask the second one first, what you're saying. Yeah, so Cody Absent Battle Priest asks, asks, what is your liquor of choice? And for me, it is gin. Yep. I love a good gin and tonic, a gimlet, a Negroni, a gin fizz. Mm-hmm. It's gin. For me? You know the answer, right? You're rum. Uh, right? No, it's a, I'm a whiskey guy. Rum is, like, I like rum a lot. It's what I keep in my house more, but it, my liquor of choice is whiskey. Oh yeah, your crown at seven. I was saying captain at seven. Yeah, yeah. My crown. favorite. It's fine. My uh, yeah, my favorite drink is a. It's they both just, begin with C. Just a crown and seven. Just a little bit of Sprite, seven up, whatever you want to call it. Try it out. It doesn't sound good. It just tastes like candy. It's great. I I do not like whiskey or bourbon. And you you like a crown and seven. Bad. You always you always steal some of my drink when I'm when we're drinking. I I'm I what I don't remember doing this. You, hmm. Well, I just made it up. Uh, maybe. You definitely, you definitely have had it. You've definitely been like, yes, that is good. Sure. <laughs> how, how much had I had to drink at this point? I mean, you weren't sober. <laughs> like, let's be real. Just saying. Just saying. It's probably worse than gin. Mm-hmm. Uh, debatable. I like gin at times. I've had a gin phase. I'm not doing it a lot lately. All right. The other question is from our lovely editor himself, Brent Wagner. What's the most overrated thing, most underrated thing? I think I actually want to save this one and do it next week when we have time to think about it. Or well, do you I wanted, to, t- fire I wanted to tie it into one of the things that happened on Twitter this week, sure. which was those fast food tier rankings. Yeah, okay. And somehow In-N-Out was not universally in the S tier where it should be. Okay, I got one for you then. Five guys, overrated. Yeah, Shake Shack, overrated. All the other burger places, overrated. Mm-hmm. In-N-Out, underrated because it's the best one by a lot it's not remotely close i don't care about whataburger don't tell me anything about whataburger i don't care never had it don't care what are, fuck you texas what? <laughs> <laughs> the thing at the end definitely but fuck you texas i was really good that should be a uh, an audio clip but i'm sure brent will make it an audio clip in the thing um 
A, Whataburger's great. B, in and out's great. C, so good. C, Five Guys is really overrated, no but I also haven't had it in a is. long time. D, you shouldn't listen to any of my choices in this because I don't eat a lot of fast food. Also, everybody had Popeye's way too low. That is also true. We'll, we'll, we'll go more to this answer next week, too, right? We'll do like our some, some things that are... This will be a teaser. Yeah, this is a teaser, but... We'll answer this question again in a, yeah, in a more uh, you know complete manner. Canes is overrated, but I've also had it for like a million years because it's like the first one ever was here. And it used okay, to... well, you're it's becoming less of a tease now, Tannen. You're giving you're giving the cow away. Well, I mean, like we don't just have to do fast food. We can talk about literally anything that's overrated and underrated. True. There's a lot of things that suck that people like. Yeah, or just like that are overrated and underrated. Like Derek Jeter's defense, overrated. You know, like Andrew Jones, underrated. Like we we we, we talked <laughs> about this. So. Anyway, um, thanks for listening this week. Hopefully we covered uh, enough of the stuff that went on this week. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, seeing you all all back next week. So make sure you tune in and we'll see you all then.
Test, test, test. Brent is a tool. Wait, I'm joking. Brent's the best. Wait, was that recorded? Oh, no! <laughs> Sorry, I chugged a, uh, an energy drink right before going live. Because, like, they asked me to do it, like, last minute. They're like, hey, we need somebody to do cover two rounds. And um, so I chugged the energy drink and, like, took a shower real quick so I could be, like, presentable because there was video. That's why I'm wearing this and, uh, and like, have my hair done. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, I think I got, like, 20 bucks for, like, an hour's work or something. But it's, like, whatever. I would have done it for free, honestly, for them. But um, I don't like making a habit of doing anything like that for free because then it makes it harder on other people to get paid. But, <clears throat> um, yeah. I have done it from time to time in certain specific little things just to help people out and it opened up doors in the future, but, uh, but I would never do it too much. But, uh, yeah, so I like chugged this energy drink and I took a shower. So I'm like, let's fucking go, you know, like awake and shit. So, but, uh, all right, let's, let's do the show. I'm excited about the topics tonight. Um, yeah. All right, let's do this. You ready? We're still just pioneer podcast, right? We haven't made an official change yet. Okay. We'll, we'll make a change after. We wanted to make it to the year. Okay. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> 